This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, April 7th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, how you doing on this Wednesday? Here? Doing good, buddy. How you doing this morning? Doing all right. You know, it's the middle of the week. It's a hump day. It's a little bit of a shorter week for us since we took Monday off, but uh, you know what? We're mm-hmm. ready for a wonderful show today. Yeah, should be good, you know connections hopefully work out well fingers crossed we'll find out all right well let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do each and every day with a question for my co-host tony say you are a uh, somebody who uh provides services at a medical spa um what did you do to get yourself ready to uh basically start some sort of medical um treatment um before you get started Probably have them fill out paperwork and uh, get all that information in. What about you you personally? What do you do to get sort of into the zone to uh, get ready to maybe perform a, a small surgery or something along those lines? Uh, maybe listen to music, I guess. Do you have a good – get your mind cleared before you do it, I would imagine. All right, all right. Getting the mind clear, I, I'd I say that's probably – I don't really have much for you on that one. Sorry, dude. I'd say that's probably uh, where most people would go, and uh, I apologize that uh, I may be taking this from Florida man, but uh, authorities in Florida say a man who did not have a valid medical license drank four locos while giving Botox injections at a Jacksonville spa. According to Action News Jax, the Jacksonville Sheriff's uh, Office arrested Nelson Amalcar Turin, 47, on March 12th after an undercover detective saw him drinking alcoholic beverages at a legitimate spa on San Jose Boulevard. He now faces multiple charges, including three counts of possessing legend drugs and one count of practicing medicine without a license, the news outlet reported. In a news conference Wednesday, the JSO said it began investigating Turin after receiving a tip from other law enforcement officers. Our detectives conducted an investigation and found several online videos showing Turin injecting clients with Botox and doing other treatments. JSO Director Mike Bruno said he would do lip, chin, cheek fillers, nose lifts, 
as well as many other Botox-type injections. Turn who's charged $350 uh, or who charged $350 for services that generally cost three times as much fooled spa employees into believing that he was a licensed professional. Bruno said Turin had several of these videos on different social media outlets or on the internet showing the services that he provided, including an ad for Botox and Bubbles event at the spa. Bubbles referred to champagne and four locos, which Turin drank while consulting with patients, Bruno said. So, yeah, if you're going in for Botox, one, make sure that uh, you've got a licensed uh, practitioner, and two, make sure he's not uh, pounding four locos because... That's definitely right. no way to uh, get yourself in the uh, headspace to uh, start injecting people with botulism. Yeah, you definitely don't want to be doing that. It sounds a little crazy there. Yeah, but, you know, it's Florida and anything can happen there. And, uh, you know, the good news is there's always a ton of Florida man stories. So I didn't think that this would uh, set you back too far for tomorrow's show. Oh, no. There's always plenty Florida, man. <laughs> exactly. Well, folks, it is Wednesday. We've got a wonderful show lined up for you today. Let's talk about today's show, shall we? Hump Day! Yeah! It is Hump Day. And as we do on Wednesdays, we have Words Are Hard. We have a segment called Teach Me Your Ways. Our call-in topic today is your favorite terrible movie. It's a movie you know is terrible. Everybody else knows it's terrible, but you love it anyway. We have a segment called, Whatever Happened to the Cast of? Well, you're going to have to wait to find out on that. We round out the day with This Day in History, and up next, Tony is here with the entertainment news. Folks, do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Ooh, yeah, let me tell you something right here, aha! Uh -huh. It's the Loot Crate subscription box, yeah! Full of exclusive loot, fun surprises, and delivered to your door every month! Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy! <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude! Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box! Woohoo! Wowzers! With crates starting as large as eleven ninety nine per month, those are facts just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We have a little thing we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour day, seven-day week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe your uh, medical practitioner pounded some Four Locos before giving you Botox. We want to hear about it. 
Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now, it is the second segment of this show, and that means Tony is here with the entertainment news. All right. Good morning, everybody. It is... What a day is it? Tuesday, Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I don't even know what day it is. So, uh, it, here's your Filippo Fast Five. Sharon Noble, Quantum of Solace actor Paul Ritter dies at age 44. Sadly, that's young. Mark Elliott, voice behind classic Disney trailers and Star Wars radio spot, dies at 81. Chucky teaser arrives. Franchise stars Alex Vincent and Christine Ellis McCarthy return to the cast of Chucky, which arrives on Sci-Fi and USA Network this fall. little teaser trailer popped out. That was entertaining. Sylvester Stallone will not appear in Creed 3. Texas Rangers host over 38,000 fans at home opener, making it one of the first full-capacity sporting events this year. So... That's pretty neat. Yeah. All right. Um, sorry, I'm having uh, issues here in between the breaks. I uh, can't get the sound to go into the headphones. It's just coming through the computer, and it says it's connected, so it's throwing me off. And, that is strange. Uh, this, this is going to be a uh, hopefully not so much of a cluster, but not as organized as I usually am. But <laughs> we'll just roll with it. <clears throat> uh Godzilla vs. Kong uh, registers the biggest HBO Max audience yet. Um, it was not only the king of the box office with a five-day domestic gross of $48.1 million, but it appears that the Monster vs. Grudge match was also a big hit at home according to third-party streaming ratings film Samba TV. Samba TV reported that Monday that 3.6 million households watched at least five minutes of Godzilla vs. Kong on HBO Max in its first five days, on the service from March 31st to April 4th. Even though these are only third-party numbers, it still gives Godzilla vs. Kong a distinction of having the biggest audience for HBO Max to date. For comparison's sake, the Christmas weekend launch of Wonder Woman 84 registered 2.2 million households for at least five minutes, while Zack Snyder's Justice League scored 1.8 uh, for at least five minutes. Uh, let's see... It should be noted, like most streaming services, HBO Max did not provide any official viewership data for Godzilla vs. Kong, and Samba TV only pulls viewers from terrestrial smart TVs. The good news for Warner Media is that Samba TV figures are very impressive, and if we did have official data, we'd likely see that the film did remarkably well on the platform. Uh, Warner Media direct-to-consumer EVP and general manager Andy Forsell said the movie had a larger viewing audience than any other film or show on HBO Max since launch. Fossil did not didn't back this up with tangible data, but this has been the name of the game for most streaming services, and we just have to take their word for it. The success of Godzilla vs. Kong in at home and in theaters is pretty impressive for a few reasons. Only 55% of the U.S.-Canada exhibition market is up and running, so its 48.1 million five-day opening is great in this pandemic movie era of moviegoing, where movie theaters are still operating at limited capacity. 
This is also great because HBO Max option does cut into the theatrical business. So the next big movie to go up there on HBO Max and theaters will be Mortal Kombat on April 23rd. Tusty! I'm looking forward to that. You know, uh, yeah, that one's going to be real good. I don't understand why the streaming services have to keep those numbers to themselves. You know, let the public know what's popular, what's, you know, how many people are watching a, a certain show. You know, why is something being canceled when you assume that it's popular or been, you know, maybe it's not based on their numbers. But, uh, you know, the fact that Godzilla vs. Kong is their highest watched program yet is encouraging, you know. HBO Max didn't start out strong, but it certainly has caught up to where it needed to be. Yeah, it's definitely where it needs to be now. Um, great service, and uh, I agree. They should have, uh, like, like they have ratings for TVs. They should have some type of uh, viewership poll or something that uh, on uh, the streaming services as well. You would That'd think be so. a nice thing. I sent you this article yesterday, kind of a random, weird entertainment news, but... Uh, uh, Bill Murray had spoken up and said that uh, he said something pretty surprising about Ghostbusters 2, which uh, might count as a terrible uh, favorite movie. I don't know. Oh, no, no. It was, was a terrible, it was a flat-out good movie. I would say that it was almost yeah. as good as the first one. Yeah, I like that one. Um, some of the stuff today, I don't know if it holds up as well, but I still love it. Uh, film fans know that Bill Murray had... Uh, he said on 1989's Ghostbusters 2 wasn't what he would call a fun time. And he said it ended up being the reason he never agreed to return for a third movie. Um, no, he showed know, up the in the reboot. Fran- yeah. He, the Ghostbusters franchise was rebooted in 2016 with Paul Feig. <clears throat> and the sequel to the original two movies is scheduled to arrive later this year. Murray appeared in both of those films. However, in a new interview... He spoke very candidly about how he and other cast members got signed on to the original sequel, saying they were all tricked in a way. Ghostbusters 2 ended up not being the story they wrote, Murray said at a a Santa Barbara International Film Festival. Um, They got us in the sequel under false pretenses. Harold had this great idea, but by the time we got shooting it, I showed up on the set and went, what the hell is this? What is this thing? But we were already shooting it, so we had to figure out how to make it work. That was a great bunch of people. Just to be together was great. I probably liked the first one better than the second one just because the first cut is the deepest. We were in New York, and we really made a mess in New York for a couple months, but we had a lot of fun with it. People in New York will accept things, but those uniforms, when we rolled into places, people thought, they've got cool uniforms. They must be somebody. People thought we were legitimate. When we drove around the car with red lights on one-way streets, it just looked like we were in charge of the situation. It was a lot of fun, that first one. We didn't get away with much on the second one. Murray also reflected on his time working on Ghostbusters' Answer the Call uh, from 2016, adding, I was just happy to be a fly on the wall. Um, The new upcoming Ghostbusters Afterlife was physically painful because I haven't had to put the proton pack on in years. Um, but the movie will be worth seeing when it's released later this year. So Ghostbusters Afterlife debuts November 11th. But it's pretty surprising to hear that <clears throat> he didn't really enjoy doing the second one. Well, and the irony of that is that, you know, he gets onto the Ghostbusters 2 set, says, oh, this isn't what was written down. 
have you heard the story about Ghostbusters 1? I mean, it was a completely different movie before they started shooting it. I mean, they were rewriting the script yeah. as they went along. So, I mean, how surprised really could he have been? Yeah, it couldn't have been that surprised, especially with how tight he is with uh, Dan Aykroyd, you know. I figure in Harold Ramis, I mean, they yeah. go back. So you think that they would know. I mean, I agree with you. It turned out to be a really good movie, though. I I absolutely so, agree. I'm looking forward to Afterlife, and obviously he said putting the proton back, pack back on, which means we know that he's got at least a somewhat significant role uh, in this upcoming one. Yeah, it's going to be good. And what I like is they haven't really sent any teasers or anything else lately on that movie, so you still have that appetite with just the one trailer they released. Yep, yep. That's which, all that ever came out was the one. Which, again, didn't so, show a whole lot, so. Yeah. Hey, um, on a change of pace from uh, TV news to just theme park news, um, you planning on going to Disney World anytime soon? Probably not Disney World. Uh, Disneyland, when it reopens, uh, you know, I go down to Southern California pretty much once a month. It's a little on the pricey side, but I'd, I'd love to get back there. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's definitely fun. I happen to be going to Walt Disney World here in a couple weeks, but uh, this is for you guys, the listeners, if you're planning on going, as Walt Disney World guests will be temporarily able to remove their masks while taking outdoor photos starting April 8th. How generous They must of remain stationary and physically distanced from others while doing so. The park uh, allows you to take your mask off while actively eating or drinking, um, provided they're sanitation, uh, stationary and distance. Um, so if you're, they have to be warned if you're standing, waiting, or sitting in dining locations, which is pretty normal. But the fact that you can take it off and do selfies or whatever, yeah, it's pretty, pretty good, useless information right there. Glad oh, I can share that wasted story there. <laughs> um, today in video game news, uh, a little random. Um, Mario 35 was a Battle Royale type game that you could play for free if you were a Nintendo Online subscriber. Well, today, the, it, to replace it because it's no longer available, obviously the 31st is when Mario died, so you can't access the game anymore. It still boots up, but when you go to play it, it boots you out. It doesn't let you play. Gotcha. But Pac-Man 99 is the latest Battle Royale game. So uh, Pac-Man 99 is... A online Pac-Man Battle Royal that's exclusive to the Nintendo Switch. It's available right now. Came out this morning. Um, much like Tetris 99 and Super Mario 35, it's a multiplayer focused take on one of the most iconic games. So basically, you will start out in one round of Pac-Man and go up against 99 other players, which I kind of like these Battle Royale games. It was... Uh, a fun new way to play uh, both Tetris and Mario, so I'm looking forward to playing this, especially considering that it's free. You don't have to pay for it. So exactly, you can't, you can't beat you can't beat the old school free. Yeah. Now um, with Pac-Man, and I don't know if you ever got a chance to. You know, they uh, uh, Pizza Hut had the AR Pac-Man experience where you get a, a ten dollar tastemaker and then you use your phone to play Pac-Man in this AR environment. Um, but it was slow and it was clunky and you had to get the highest score in order for a chance to win the arcade one-up machine. Um, hopefully, Pac-Man 99 is a little more user-friendly than uh, what Pizza Hut tried to do. <laughs> hopefully. I'm sure it being on Nintendo Switch, it definitely will. Um, but I did not get a chance to play the uh, Pizza Hut one. But okay. uh, that's all right. Um, I'm glad you got to play it, though. So, 
But that's really it. There wasn't a whole lot in the entertainment world, so we'll just roll on to the birthdays with this last minute here. It's my All right, actor, choreographer, and stuntman whose notable films include Rush Hour Trilogy, Enter the Dragon, Shanghai Noon. Um, Jackie Chan is 66. He was also that big joke in uh, Family Guy. Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan. <laughs> Oscar-winning actor who won four awards for Best Actor after playing Maximus in Gladiator, and he played Javier in 2012's Les Miserables. He was also in Cinderella Man, American Gangster, and Master and Commander, Russell Crowe. Jorel. 56. Uh, acclaimed director of iconic of the iconic 1972 film The Godfather, which he won uh, Academy Awards for Best Screenplay and Best Picture. He just he directed Part 2 and 3 as well. And The Apocalypse Now with Martin Sheen and Marlon Brando. Francis Ford Coppola is 81. Good wine. He's also got his name attached to some wine. Yep. And that's it for your celebrity birthdays for April 7th. Happy birthday. Well, folks, that does do it for the entertainment news. When we come back, it's Wednesday. We're going to run down words are hard. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. After these messages, we'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now, if you want to get a hold of me on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. Tony's available at facebook.com forward slash Tony.sanfilippo. That's S-A-N-F-I-L-I-P-P-O dot nine four, or on Instagram at Tony.sanfilippo81. Now, being that it's Wednesday, we like to explore the English language and some of the intricacies and weirdness that makes up the language that we speak every day. With a segment I like to call Words Are Hard. Now, uh, this week's Words Are Hard is all about tech terms, technology terms. These are words and terms that have come about in the last 20, 30, 40 years. You know, they don't have old English meanings that go way back. And this actually stemmed from something Jesse and I were watching uh, a couple days ago where somebody makes a joke about, uh, you know, what's a mailer demon? And they talk about uh, how they hold on to your uh, email in exchange for your soul. And uh, I thought it was a funny little remark and then thought, wait a minute, where does Mailer Demon actually come from? So I looked it up and uh, actually the name is taken from uh, Maxwell's Demon, an imaginary being from a thought experiment that constantly works in the background sorting molecules. Maxwell's Demon is consistent with the Greek mythology interpretation of Daemon, D-A-E-M-O-N, as a supernatural being working in the background with no particular bias towards good or evil. So I thought with that, maybe look up some other tech terms and find out the origins of which. So Tony, I'm going to throw the tech term at you. You tell us what it is, and I'll tell you where it came from. So let's go ahead and get started with Words Are Hard. 
This first one is something you were having uh, issues with during the uh, first commercial break, Tony. The term is Bluetooth. What is Bluetooth? Bluetooth is a technology that just is supposed to link uh, wireless wirelessly your device to your other device. But uh, yeah, I was having issues connecting to AirPod and my other backup set. So <laughs> I don't know where, where they got the name Bluetooth from, but that's what it does. It's almost like your computer knew that we were going to be talking about this. So, uh, you know, that way you had Weird, a, a right? nice little story to tell behind it. But uh, so we know what Bluetooth is question is, where did that name come from? Well, the 10th century King Harold Gormeson is known for uniting all of Scandinavia and having one gnarly tooth so rotten it looked blue. Hence, he earned the nickname Bluetooth. His kitschy moniker and ability to bond nations inspired Jim Kardak, a software developer from Intel, to pitch Bluetooth as the name for a single wireless standard that Intel, Ericsson, Nokia, and IBM were developing together in 1997. The name wasn't a huge hit, but since all the other names they were coming up with were even worse, for instance, Flirt, it was used as a code name or a placeholder for the project. All four companies finally agreed on PAN, Personal Area Network, as the name. The PAN was quickly panned due to SEO issues, and the product was released as Bluetooth out of pure desperation. The public, however, loved the name Bluetooth, ultimately conquered, and just like the king. So uh, look at that. You learned something new where the term Bluetooth, something we use every day, came from. Let's keep moving on with words are hard. The origins of tech terms. Here's another one that is near and dear to your heart tone. Podcast. What's a podcast? Well, a podcast is just a uh, basically your own little show that you put out there on the internet or YouTube or wherever people get their podcast needs and you put it together. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into it, but where the name comes from, I don't know. Well, the name, and if you really think about the term, kind of makes sense. So logically, the word is a hybrid of the words pod from iPod, Apple, and broadcast. The term podcasting was merely a suggested term for the new technology in an article written by The Guardian's Ben Hammersley in 2004, along with the other contenders like audio blogging and guerrilla media. But due to the popularity of the iPod, which was released only three years earlier in 2001, podcast had an appealing snap that stuck. So uh, that's where that came from. And it feels like we've been podcasting since 2004. I mean, we've been we've been doing it for a while, Tone. Yeah, it's been a long time we've been doing it for sure. Um, yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah. Well, let's keep rolling on. We're talking words are hard. The origins of tech terms, for instance, this was one that I know not many of us like, but uh, it is out there in the technology space. Spam, Tony, what is spam? Well, spam is... Uh, and not the canned meat. I know what term... Yeah, I was going to say, it's the canned meat that you get from Hawaii. No, it's... Um, it's basically just like junk mail. It's it's unwanted mail that just piles up in your inbox. Luckily, most most uh, email companies, whatever one you use, yeah, does a good job of filtering spam, and it just goes into an unwanted area that you don't have to see all that junk. Perfect. I, I don't think I could have summed it up any better. Uh, but spam, as far as the origins go, well, we know for years that uh, it was a canned mystery meat worth of 
uh, worthy of mockery, so much so that Monty Python did a sketch about it in which the word spam was repeated over and over by a waitress, customers, and even a group of Vikings. Many Monty Python fans were also early MUD, Prodigy, and AOL chatroom frequenters who used the word spam to refer to people who created macros to say the same thing over and over again, clogging up chat rooms with their repeated nonsense. So when repetitive masses of unwanted email began circulating in the early 90s, people familiar with the interwebs began dubbing it spam, and the popularity of the term soared like processed meat at a grade school food fight. So that's where spam came from. Very interesting. Crazy that it, crazy it did stem off the actual spam, though. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty funny. That Monty Python. Had no idea. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and the uh, Monty Python plays spam a lot. Well worth checking out. All right, let's keep moving on. Talking words are hard. Here's another one I know you're familiar with because you're a gamer tone. The word is noob. Noob is uh, you're a new uh, player to the game, whatever it may be, whether it's Call of Duty or uh, any type of game, and you're not very good at it. So you go in there and you get your ass schooled. It's pretty much a noob. Exactly. And you can use that really for anything in life anymore. They say it, you know, like whether you're new to the job, but that's where it comes from. You're just new and not very experienced. Exactly. Well, the term newbie was used in the military during the Vietnam War for new recruits and since has become a popular slang term for a novice. Computer programmers adopted the term in the 90s with the emergence of leet speak, which is L337 speak, and gave it a techie tweak, the variant noob N00B, spelled with two zeros instead of O's. And so, uh, you know, it's fun to see how maybe a slightly older word has progressed into the tech space to become noob and 00B. All right, we've got uh, still a few minutes left and plenty to go through. So uh, let's roll on to our next one here. Words are hard. Next to spam, I think this is something that we all hate even more, a troll. What is a troll tone? Well, a troll wasn't. It was those uh, long-haired things with the naked butts and the little gemstone in their stomach. No, it's uh, a troll is basically like a trickery. It's to get you to take the bait and uh, make you fall for a prank or something. You know, like uh, if you're listening to the show, I'll let you in on a little thing. You know, like there is an April Fool's Day joke that I'm moving to Florida and I'm trolling people by just putting the date. And the date does mean I really am going, but for vacation, I'm being very vague. But I'm trolling people into thinking that there that it's a real thing. So, and it's you know people who can uh, basically pick fights behind the wall of anonymity when it comes to computers. Well, rooted in 17th century Scandinavian folklore, a troll once characterized an antisocial, quarrelsome, and slow-witted creature that was bothersome to humans. End of story, right? Well, no. The word troll actually (laughs) derives from the verb trolling, a fishing technique in which you slowly drag a baited hook from a moving boat. Many believe that the birth of online trolling was on alt.folklore.urban, or AFU, when veterans would distinguish themselves from newer users by baiting them with topics that had previously been discussed ad nauseum. Newbies would take the bait and naively reply, exposing, exposing their uncool noob ways 
In the late 90s, however, the site became so highly trafficked that trolling was rendered a nuisance, giving the modern tech term once more a negative connotation. The meaning today now more closely resembles its true Norse roots, an idiot looking to pick a fight. So that's uh, where we get <laughs> troll from. And then finally, I think... Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I think we got time for one more here in Words Are Hard. Again, something we use every day, Google. What's Google, Tone? Google is a search engine. Exactly. It's a popular website. I mean, they've gone on to everything, but it started out just as a regular old search engine. (laughs) Well, if you find Google to be a calculating corporation, you're not far off. The name Google is actually a play on the mathematical term for Google, G-O-O-G-O-L, a number representing... Uh, represented by the number one, followed by a hundred zeros. The name acts as a metaphor for founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin's mission to organize a seemingly infinite amount of information on the web, which, uh, you know, if you follow Google, they've just about done at this point. So with that being said, that does it for Words Are Hard on this Wednesday. When we come back, we've got a segment called Teach Me Your Ways. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And, uh, you know, we have reached the final segment of this first hour. But don't fret. There is still plenty ahead with our second hour, including our call-in topic of your favorite terrible movie. This is a movie that you know is terrible. Everybody else knows is terrible. But you love it anyway. If you've missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, well, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, oh, nope. That's the second one. (laughs) Almost went into uh, what we uh, would do at the end of the show, but... While you're there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends because sharing is caring. Now in this segment that I've titled, uh, Teach Me Your Ways, we're talking about the difference between high school teachers and college professors or college teachers. Uh, Tony, uh, I know that you went to um, you know community college for a couple of years. Did you notice a big difference between your teachers there versus our teachers in high school? Um, not really. Like, I, I feel like the ones in high school probably cared a little more. I don't, I didn't feel like my uh, professors that I had, they really cared. I kind of felt like they were just like, eh, you're here if you want to be here. You know, they were a lot more like, hey, you're paying for this. So if you want to pay attention, great. You don't want to pay attention, no big deal. Where school, you had to be there. So they were always trying to get your attention and making sure you understood it and paid for the most part. So I felt that that was the big difference. I agree, you know, and I think for the most part, uh, it has to do with class size. You know, uh, when I went to UNR for my first year of college, I was basically a number in a room full of hundreds of other students. 
Then I transferred down to uh, film school down in Southern California where, you know, I was one of 20, maybe one of 30 at the most, and it was a little more personalized from there. But in any case, we are going to run down the differences in teachers between high school and college with a segment I call Teach Me Your Ways. Good job. Ooh. Obi-Wan was a teacher, so I figured that would be a good uh, transition audio. No, that was a, yeah, I liked that one. All right. Well, uh, let's start off with Twitter user Tyler Hickman says, Middle school, they won't tolerate this in high school. High school, this won't work in college. College professor, y'all want some milk duds? <laughs> and, I mean, laid back is really one way to put uh, a lot of college professors and we'll see that sort of common theme throughout these but uh, it's true you know we were told all through high school you know when you get to college it's not going to be this way well you were right just kind of in the opposite direction right all right uh, let's keep rolling on talking teach me your ways good job this from twitter user yvette Messera says high school teachers your future college professors are not your friends. You have to treat them with a different level of respect. College professor, dude, just call me John. <laughs> yeah, simple. Like it, it is one of those things that you know they're a lot more laid back. Again, it's your, it's on your dime. So, you know, the the teaching's a little different, and if, most of the time, the teachers are uh, they're going to school themselves. So. Yeah, that is the case uh, in a lot of ways. And then the other thing you have to realize is if you don't show up for class, you know, they'll just fail you in the class. It's not like you get truancy. It's not like you get detention. You know, if you don't want to be there, you don't have to be there, and they don't really care. So let's keep moving on. Right. You don't like it. You don't like it. Exactly. Teach me your ways. Good job. Twitter user Katie Walter says, high school teachers, you have to be professional in college. Your professors aren't going to put up with anything. College professor, do you guys mind if we keep the lights off for class today? I'm hungover. While another kid is eating mashed potatoes behind me. So, uh, yeah. You know. <laughs> Knowing that college professors are, are human, they go out, they drink just like everybody else, especially if it's in a college town. Yeah, they're, they're out there uh, getting a little messed up uh, right along with their students. Um, on the opposite end in high school, it was always weird to see a teacher outside of the school environment and always a little freaky because you never really saw them as real people. Right. It was always strange when I worked at the video store and they would come in and rent movies. It was weird because then you knew their first name and it was just it was definitely it was different. It was because you still call them Mr. or Mrs. whatever their names were, but when you knew like their name was Barry or Jane or something like that, then it was just weird. Very strange. And then the like other you thing weren't, you weren't supposed to know that. Yeah. You know, Tony and I are pushing 40 at this point. And uh, of course, when we were in high school, you know, we saw teachers that were in their thirties and early forties as super old. And turns out, uh, nope, you know, they're just like you and I are right now. Yeah. They, <laughs> They just, uh, everybody ages. Well, not everybody, but uh, in theory, right. everyone's supposed to age, right? Everybody but Paul Rudd and Brad Pitt. All right, let's yeah, keep... Paul Rudd doesn't, yeah. Let's keep rolling on, talking Teach Me Your Ways. Good job. Twitter user Alexia Consolato says, My English professor walked into class, saw algebra on the board, and yelled, Oh, what the F is this? Get me an eraser before I pass out. 
Yeah. Not everybody loves math, and uh, hopefully he wasn't an algebra professor because uh, that would be uh, a little bit of an issue. Oh, yeah. It'd just be a smidge, you know, just, just a little. <laughs> Continue on, continuing on. Boy, it is Wednesday. Words are hard. Talking, uh, teach me your ways. Good job. Twitter user Indiana Vitara says, high school teachers, no cussing or it's detention for you. College professors, what the F is wrong with this projector? Yeah, again, no rules in college. And, uh, you know, none of that translated from what they told us in high school. <laughs> Not at all. They don't <laughs> tell you those types of things. <laughs> uh, let's keep moving on. Teach me your ways. Good job. Twitter Teach me. Twitter user MetaYay Markley says, Why did high school teachers always make college professors sound so strict and scary when in reality they're like, What's up? You can call me Andy. I illegally downloaded the textbook if you need it, and I also have a gambling problem, too. Yeah, so chill, but uh, that actually reminds me of having to buy textbooks in college, how much money I spent on those, and then um, you try to turn them back in at the end of the year to get money back, and they go, oh, no, no, a new edition's coming out next year. We can't give you any money for it. And the new edition would be, you know, slight changes frustrating so much money <laughs> so much right you're like <laughs> rolling on tucking teach me your ways good job twitter user lizzie smith i stuck out my phone during a lecture and immediately received this cue the x-files theme it's an airdropped photo from the professor professor donaldson's phone and it's a picture of michael scott from the <laughs> office Hand over the mouth quietly. I'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, love it when professors have a uh, good sense of humor. <laughs> always good. It's nice. I like, uh, I always enjoyed the professors and teachers that were uh, very entertaining. Mr. Reinhardt, man, that guy was hilarious. He was great. He was wonderful. You know, and he never took things too seriously. He would maybe have nope. made a better college professor, in fact. Yeah, he would have been a better one for sure, yeah. Especially with his uh, pottery yeah, items exactly. that he sells. <laughs> yeah. Moving on, talking Teach Me Your Ways. Good job. Another one I would have loved to have been in this class. Twitter user Cassie says, High school teachers, your college professors will not be as laid back as I am. College professors send out a uh, homework assignment. I will give prizes to the top three Bernie memes you send me, submit to me, or Stephen via email by 129. One submission per entry, please. The prizes are dead ass yeet, bro. I don't know what those last three words mean, but uh, Bernie memes. Come on, you don't, know, you don't know what yeet, bro, is? I don't know what dead ass yeet, bro, is. <laughs> dead ass yeet, bro. But if my assignment was to That's... make a Bernie meme, sign me up. You're like, yeah. <laughs> Rolling on, teach me your ways. Good job. Twitter user Savannah Lee Acri says, high school teachers, college professors aren't going to baby you. College math professor, my husband made you all some fudge. I would have loved some fudge. I never had a professor bring me food. No, never had a single teacher bring food. No. Not unless it was like a... Uh... Like, I think when you're kids, they're like used to be the bake sales and stuff they would do. Mm -hmm. uh, but that'd be like your other classes, and that would be the only thing I think they'd ever bring in. But 
It was never like treats or anything like that that I can remember. I'd be down for some fudge, but uh, in any case, let's roll on. Talk and teach me your ways. Good job. Twitter user Kristen KT says, high school teachers, your college professors are not going to put up with this college professor who wants to race me in the parking lot. (laughs) That's a badass college professor. And then finally, absolutely here and teach me your ways. Good job. Before we head to the break, uh, Twitter user Malt says, high school teachers, college isn't a joke. College professor puts up a uh, thing on the board, says, what would Professor Carlson's rap name be? Would it be A, DC, DJ AC Slater, Lil Al, 21 Allen, or Playboy Allen? Sounds like a pretty badass college professor to me. D- DJ, yeah, DJ AC Slater. Sounds Every good. day. <laughs> well, folks, that does it for the first hour. We are headed into our long break. Enjoy the news. Use the bathroom. Join us back here in seven minutes. We will see you all then. Seven. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. second hour of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Wednesday, April 7th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. Still joined by my co-host, Tony Sanfilippo. Tony, are you ready for the fastest hour of the day? I sure am, buddy. Let's roll. Yeah, tech issues aside, you know, hopefully everything goes smooth. Knock on wood. Got some wood around here somewhere. Um, It's been a weird week for technology, that's for sure. It's been frustrating. It's uh, between my modem crapping out. Now I can't seem to have good connection issues to uh, our first hour. There was scratchy issues, which you couldn't hear, but (laughs) myself and I don't know if everyone else could hear it. When you go to play back the video, there's some scratchy. It does stop at the last uh, the last segment we did before the break. So very strange you can put up with it but it's kind of hard in the ear though it's like <laughs> looks good now it's all clear it's clean looks good currently shows full bars so <laughs> and of course the minute Hopefully you say that good. you freeze momentarily but uh, anyway we roll yeah. roll on through those issues well yeah, folks it dropped deck to two This is the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day, which is why we give it 24 hours in advance, ask you to call on the Phoenix line at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO, or if you're watching, it is right right up there. Hold on. Boy, I would be a terrible weatherman. Right up there. (laughs) Right. 
But uh, the other thing, you can also chime in live by going over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video there and comment. Or as we do in the next segment, we'll open up the stereo app, do a little stereo roulette. We never know what we're going to get, but, uh, you know, that's part of the fun of it. So today's topic is your favorite terrible movie. We're not talking about a you know, a movie that you think is terrible and you hate. We're talking about a movie that you know is terrible, but you love. Everybody else thinks it's terrible. Some other people love it. Other people hate it. But uh, maybe it holds a special place in your heart. But it's your favorite terrible movie. Now, Tony, I pose the question to you. What is your pick for your favorite terrible movie? Uh, I thought about this. I have two of them, but I'll just go with one for now and we'll let others say theirs when it's time but I'm going to have to say The Wizard uh, it's just one of those movies that when you you know as kids we loved it and we thought it was great but watching it as an adult it's freaking bad I mean it is like so many plot holes you pick it along like how does these kids get across uh, the mid the, like Utah and Nevada to California with no money and they just hustle video game people, but yet they're able to change their clothes, they're able to eat their food, and nobody questions them stopping at all these local video game places. Like, I still like the movie. I bought it on uh, uh, Voodoo, and I've, I've watched it, but you know, it is just overall, like, if that came out today, or if, like, no one had seen it, that movie's actually really bad. Like, it is. <laughs> it is It is bad. It's, uh... I think you like it because your cousin, <laughs> your cousin Fred Savage is in it, but uh... yeah, yeah, my cousin Fred, my doppelganger. Um, but it is not a, it is not a movie. I think you could classify as a good movie. It is bad, but I love it. I still think it's, I still enjoy it, but I know it's bad. I mean, it is, it's crap. <laughs> What's funny is that movie is a movie that I have fond memories of, but I have not seen in. 20 years, 25 years. So I'm afraid almost to go back and watch it because of exactly what you just said. Am I going to be disappointed? Does it not hold up because of X, Y, and Z? But, you know, thinking back onto it and, uh, you know, seeing it and, you know, obviously they, you know, Super Mario 3 first shown in that movie and everybody was losing their mind. Uh, Yeah. You should go back and watch it sometime and just let me know if if you still have the fond memories. I think it's because I liked it so much as a kid, like watching it now. I still I still I still like it mm-hmm. um, because you think about movies you go back and watch that don't hold up like a Howard the Duck or something like that. Yeah. Then you're like, oof. But that's how it was. I, I went back and watched The Wizard and I wasn't like, oof. I was just like, it's pretty bad, but still... I still like it, so I'd still go back and watch it again one day. But all right, um, I don't know if it's like the oh, the another big thing is like there's little things that irritate me in the movie, but I could still like it's the drive to Lake Tahoe, but then all of a sudden they're in Mound House driving, <laughs> and like well, you wouldn't backtrack there to go there, but. I digress. You'd only know that if you lived in Nevada. Exactly, yeah. And those are the little things. But uh, for me, my favorite terrible movie, and I picked two as well, but uh, I'll start with one and we'll, you know, mention the others if uh, somebody else doesn't. But uh, 
Masters of the Universe. Now, I'm a big proponent of movies that are adaptations of pop culture things that we love being as close to the canon as possible. But something about that movie, and it diverts way from the original 80s cartoons. The acting is not so good. You've got Dolph Lundgren. Uh, you had Courtney Cox before she was one of the friends. But something about that movie is so terrible, it's good to me. And uh, enjoy watching it. It's cheesy. We know it was rushed. Um, so many terrible, terrible parts of it. Huge plot holes. But something about it, something, it, maybe it's just my childhood. Maybe it's, you know, going to the store after seeing the movie, uh, Toys R Us, and, and getting the He-Man, the electronic He-Man sword. Something that just, you know, sparks that uh, time when it was simpler as a kid. But regardless, that movie is pretty terrible. <laughs> but you love it. So I do. it's still good. And that's what, we're right, that's what we're talking about, folks. Terrible movies that you love. Go ahead and chime in now on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Just click into the live video there, or you can join us on the Stereo app at stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media. When we come back, it is all about you guys, so don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a few. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Radio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show, and we are smack dab in the middle of the interactive portion of the show where we want to hear from you guys, the listeners and watchers, on our topic of the day. Now go ahead and chime in on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Click into the live video there and comment, or you can join us in just a few minutes on the Stereo app at Stereo.com forward slash Phoenix Media, where we go through, pull people at random, but of course you can get in line to chat with us live on today's topic, which we're talking about is ter favorite terrible movies. So again, this isn't a movie that uh, you think is bad because it's terrible. It's a movie you love and know is terrible at the same time. Tony's pick was The Wizard. Mine was uh, Masters of the Universe. For some reason, I had my other pick in the back of my head. But uh, let's go ahead and go to you guys, Tony. I know you probably reached out to a few of our uh, diehard Phoenix fans to get their input. What did they say? Uh, I would say um, Mike and Lacey chimed in. And uh, one of uh, Lacey's... Uh, favorite guilty pleasures is she loves all three Porky's movies. All three of them. <laughs> she loves all of them. I, I would say, I Which, mean, the, the first one was... I saw the first two, but I didn't. I don't know if I saw three. I only saw the I first one. Three. I remember it being sort of cheesy, but uh, I would assume that the, the follow-ups were probably pretty terrible. Yeah, that was where you found out what glory holes were, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, another one... <clears throat> Um, Michael <laughs> she says by the way don't let Michael fool you there are terrible movies that he loves <laughs> and um, he said all the movies he loves are amazing including Orgasmo I was thinking right, about I, Orgasmo a little bit you know it's, yeah Orgasmo and Chota Boy 
That one was a terrible but pretty good movie if if you like the Trey Parker, Matt Stone humor, which we do. Yeah. Uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Does not hold up. Um, <laughs> Lacey still loves it. And Mike said it is excellent. Bella's answer is the live-action Mulan. Okay. Um, and then Lacey also said the Super Mario Brothers movie. Ooh, good pick. So, Good pick. That's yeah, n- she's like, she loves it mainly just because of John Leguizamo. She knows it's bad. She knows it's terrible, but she loves it regardless. That, that's another one like Masters of the Universe where it, it has almost nothing to do with the source material, but something about it being part of our childhood yes, holds a special place in your heart. Right. It's, uh, it's one of those. I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so I don't know if it holds up or not. I haven't watched it since I was a little. So I just remember the Goombas were weird. They were like those grown things. And I'm like, that was a little strange. Might be Daisy worth- was kind of hot, I, I thought. That's right. Yeah. That's another yeah. one I, I haven't seen either in a while. And uh, yeah, it might be worth going back and, and giving it a watch, you know. So does it hold up yeah. or is it just craptastic? Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to see. I don't know. Um let's see Stacy chimed in she said uh mommy dearest that was one and then no uh, wire Howard the duck yeah um and masters of the universe just like you and uh santa jaws never heard of santa jaws <laughs> might be worth checking out though I, I assume it was probably one of those um sci-fi channel hybrid monster type movies yeah. like Sharknado I'm, I'm, picture, I'm, I'm picturing like when I hung out with her she's wearing a shirt that said Paws but it was like a cat coming up and it was the Jaws cover so right, that's just what I picture and uh, and uh, Jamie Anna chimed in uh, last night um, she's in surgery this morning so I wish her a speedy recovery oh, yeah, but definitely. she chimed in last night she said Benny in June she enjoyed it but a lot of her friends said it was a real terrible movie I remember that just being the infamous one with Johnny Depp and he had the long hair and the hat and didn't he stuck his straws in the donut thing and made it dance? I saw it it on a plane once. That's the only time I've ever seen it. I remember it being somewhat entertaining, but uh, of course that was before Johnny Depp uh, only played characters. Right. That's when he just played a normal role. Exactly. Um, But that's it. You know, great great feedback from everybody. Um, The other one I was going to say was... uh, Armageddon. It's uh I like it, man, but it that's a pretty bad movie though. It's cheesy. It's not it is not that good. But I don't know if it quite qualifies as terrible. You know, it, it has some <sighs> Yeah, maybe not, but it's it, it's very cheeseball-y. Like the acting like Ben Affleck at the end. Harry, I love you. <laughs> you know, if you put I, it I enjoy I enjoy Armageddon. That's why I went with Wizard over that, because Wizard's yeah, straight cheese, man. Again, if you put Armageddon uh, along with the other movies of its time, you know, Con Air and The Rock and uh, Independence Day, um, movies like that, you know, it, it's pretty much par for the course. Of course, looking back on it now, it's a little cheese ball, and of course, anything Michael Bay does has uh, its own issues. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, The Wizard may have been your your most on point pick. 
<laughs> yeah. What was your other one? My other one was Superman Four: The Quest for Peace. This was long after Richard Donner had exited the Superman franchise. This was the one with Nuclear Man, who had like weird long fingernails and uh, had some weird underlying like Greenpeace message. And it was it was so so bad. But again, it's one of those movies that uh, you know when I was a kid growing up. It came out as a brand new movie. You know, obviously, I wasn't uh, old enough to see the original uh, Superman and Superman 2 in the theaters. And so I loved it. I loved seeing Superman on the big screen and then going back and watching it. It's like, yeah, this is pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I would say Batman and Robin, but that one was legit terrible. Like, it's not even good. No, no. Ooh, yeah. yeah it's, it's bad. I, I like the uh, Video Maniacs edition. So, <laughs> yeah. Everybody freeze. Exactly. Porno. Yeah. Well, folks, we've got about four minutes left. So uh, if you do want to chime in, there is still time to head over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. Let us know what your pick is for terrible movie that you happen to love. It's your favorite. And let's head on into the stereo app. Are you ready, Tone? I'm ready. Let's, oh. let's do this. Hopefully it's better than yesterday. But uh, how's it going? You're on the Hello? Christian Phoenix radio show. Wait, what's that? Uh, we are a radio You're show. You're on the radio, baby. Yeah. Just talking, you know, whatever we're feeling like. For instance, today, we're talking about your favorite terrible movie. This is a movie you know is terrible, but you still love it. What comes to mind for you? Um, I don't really... No, um, I mean, any movie that you grew up with? I can't as really a, think of any. As a kid, maybe that uh, you know, sort of held a special place in your heart, and then you went back and watched it later on, and thought, "Wow, this is really bad." Toy Story. Hey, there you go. You know, for, there you go. Obviously, it was groundbreaking for the time, but if you look at the animation now, it, it doesn't quite hold up, but uh, that's a great pick. I uh, appreciate you chiming in. We're going to go ahead and keep moving on, but drop us a follow. Hi. We'd love to uh, hear from you on a future topic. All right, let's Armageddon keep... was more believable than that one. Yeah, but, you know, we do what we can. <laughs> uh, let's keep moving on. We are on stereo, doing some stereo roulette. How you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix radio show. Hello, how are you? Good. So Good. We're, how are you? We're talking. You are British, yeah? We are talking your favorite terrible Thank mo you. movie. Uh, what is a movie that uh, you, you know is terrible, but you love anyway? Action. Action. Just action in general. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, when we've got three voices going at the same time, it gets uh, kind That's of... That's hard, yeah. Who is he talking to? Me, myself, and I? <laughs> Probably. How are you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Hello. Play booby. <laughs> it is important to talk when uh, we bring you on. How are you doing today? That's <laughs> Good, so we're talking favorite terrible movie. Is there a movie that you know is just awful, but you love it anyway? Favorite movie, I think so. 
Beauty, beauty, beauties. The other thing is, if you're going to join us on stereo, make sure you're not sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> How you? Let's try maybe one more here. How you doing? You're on the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. Nope. How are you doing today? So we're talking. Yes, well. Doing good. We're talking favorite <laughs> terrible movie. What is a movie that uh, you love, but you know is just god awful? Uh, what was the name of that film we watched? That Kung Fury. Kung Fury. Kung Fury. Every nice. time I see that, it makes me laugh, but I'd say that is a <laughs> perfect pick. Well, we appreciate you chiming in. We're going to go ahead and uh, keep Thank moving you. on. But drop us a follow and. Right, uh, catch it. Hopefully we'll hear you again. I Not exactly sure what He's that last part was. <laughs> He's getting Kung Fury on your ass. Right. Um, but, you know. At least he had one real movie. Exactly. Good pick, but. Not uh, the Toy Story. Exactly. Toy Story one didn't count. <laughs> Folks, that does it for this segment. When we come back, we've got a reoccurring segment of whatever happened to the cast of you got to wait to find out. Join us after the break. We will see you then. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. And uh, there's a little thing that we talk about a couple times each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever, including our call-in topic of the day. We just wrapped our up for today which was your favorite terrible movie and no toy story does not count but if you do want to chime in on <laughs> anything give us a call at 855 phoenix radio that's 855 f-e-n-i-x r-d-o or 855-336-4973 for the alphanumerically impaired all we ask is that you keep it entertaining we'll compile those together put them out in a future show now, tomorrow's is not a call-in topic. Rather, a call-in contest is another edition of Phoenix Face-Off, where Tony's going to lead me against a potential caller in an edition of Rank It With Tony, where he pulls up a rank, rank it! a ranker list, and uh, you know we try and figure out what the top 10 is by popular opinion and uh, see if we can win somebody some fabulous prizes. So uh, if you want to participate in that, head over to phoenixmedia.us click in the show's link find the christian phoenix radio show and at the bottom of that page there is an entry form to be considered for our contest for tomorrow now in this segment uh it's a recurring segment that we do every once in a while called whatever happened to the cast of and in this case we are talking about a show that is getting a reboot actually uh yeah you could call it a reboot with what is the original cast as opposed to being completely redone. And this is a show that Jesse and I have been uh, catching up on. You know, it's one of those shows we put on in the background or right before we go to bed, just as sort of a filler show. And I'm talking about this show. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. 
Yes, we're talking Frasier. Quite stylish. And I've always wondered, you know, is tossed salads and scrambled eggs a euphemism for something? But who knows? We'd have to ask him about that. But great show. I remember watching it as a kid with uh, my parents and always thought it, you know, it was a little stuffy. It was a little highbrow. But going back and watching it, I realized that it's stuffy and highbrow in certain parts for a reason, basically to show the difference between, you know, these uh, socialite people and everybody else. And it is just funny. I mean, the humor holds up. Yeah, you know, it came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, but uh, great, great show. And it's no reason why uh, it's coming back for a uh, reboot. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, maybe it's time. So let's go ahead and run down the cast of Frasier, see what they've been up to. Of course, Kelsey Grammer, who played Frasier Crane, we've seen him in just about anything but uh, before his final curtain call as Dr. Fraser Crane Kelsey Grammer already had a decent run in film such as voicing the prospector in Toy Story 2 terrible movie so bad and as behind the so scenes bad. presence in television like UPN's Girlfriends or NBC's crime thriller Medium He's also executive produced many of his own series, including his many sitcom returns, award-winning political drama Bross, but not Bross, Boss. I'm telling you, Wednesday, it's words are hard. Bross! The animated IMDb TV original, You're Not a Monster, and, well, Frasier. Of course, Kelsey Grammer's latest movie career has not gone, gone unnoticed with him popping up in big franchises like Transformers, The Expendables, and an upcoming feature-length sequel to uh, Netflix's animated Troll Hunter series, which has already come out since. Until his Frasier revival becomes a reality, he continues to make memorable big screen and small screen appearances. And even at 65, I don't think anyone would mind seeing him play Beast again in another X-Men movie, which I think he was good. I think he was maybe the best part of that terrible X-Men, The Last Stand. Yeah, he was good in that one. I was going to say, the only thing that was omitted that entire thing was the voice of Sideshow Bob in The Simpsons. That's right. I'm surprised they didn't mention that. I'm surprised they don't have that now. You're like, I was surprised to hear he was the prospector voice. I I didn't get that. You didn't that. know that. Uh, oh, yeah. I didn't even know he was. Mm-mm. I picked that one up right away Who when knew? I saw it. Uh-huh. But, yeah. yeah. But yeah, no, he. Uh, but he's Sideshow Bob. That was his big one. Yep. Well, let's keep moving on with whatever happened to the cast of Frasier. For instance, Jane Leaves, who played Daphne Moon. Before playing Frasier's live-in housekeeper, English actress Jane Leaves made her uncredited feature film debut in Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. I didn't know she was in that. And had a more prominent appearance in 1985's To Live and Die in L.A., both of which exhibited her dancing skills. All right. She also made an impression on British television, such as on The Benny Hill Show, before recurring roles on Murphy Brown and Seinfeld earned her pre-Frasier acclaim in the States. Post-Frasier, the 60-year-old actress has found further success as a therapist on Desperate Housewives, one of the central characters on TV Land's Hot in Cleveland, and currently on the Fox medical drama The Resident as a regular. Jane Leaves has also lent her unmistakable voice to many animated projects for Disney, like James and the Giant Peach in 1996, the hit Disney Channel series Phineas and Ferb, and most recently on Mickey and the Roadster Racers as the Queen of England. I had no idea she did so much voiceover work. You tell Oh, boy. <laughs> no, I had no idea. <laughs> well, but let's... That's, uh, but that's, uh, that's pretty cool, though, that she stayed busy. Yeah, luckily most of these actors have. It's just you don't see them so prominently as you did you know, in the show itself. 
For instance, uh, David Hyde Pierce, who played Frazier's brother, Niles Crane. You may also recognize David Hyde Pierce's voices from uh, his voice from Disney projects A Bug's Life and Treasure Planet, and elsewhere, for instance, Abe Sapien in the first Hellboy film, which he went uncredited for out of respect for Doug Jones' physical portrayal. Yet most audiences should surely know his face from his multi-Emmy-winning role as Fraser Crane's fellow f- psychiatrist brother and Daphne's eventual husband, Niles. Spoiler alert. More recently, the Tony-winning... Oh, jeez. Right. The Tony-winning actor exceeded expectations in the 2010 dark comedy The Perfect Host, played disapproving father of gay rights activist Cleve Jones, despite being gay in real life, in the 2017 miniseries When We Rise, and reprised his wet-hot American summer role in Netflix's prequel and sequel series to the 2001 cult comedy film. David Hyde Pierce will next appear on the thriller The Georgetown Project and will play Julia Child's husband, Paul, in an HBO Max series based on the celebrity chef's life. And he is by far my favorite character in all of Frasier. Um, Has the best lines, the best timing, and his wit is just perfect. Um, Do you enjoy David Hyde Pierce, Tone? Hey, he's an entertaining actor for sure. He does some good stuff. Um... His role in Frasier, in what little I've seen of the show, I was never big on it, but I have seen a few episodes, and his character definitely adds, you know, good banter with Kelsey Grammer's Frasier and uh, the other characters in the show. Exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing him come back and seeing what they do with him. But let's keep moving on, talking whatever happened to the cast of, well, Frasier. Perry Gilpin, who played Roz Doyle. Fun fact about Perry Gilpin, she played a reporter named Holly Matheson on the final season of Cheers, just months before she was cast as Frasier's radio producer, Roz Doyle, a role originally given to Lisa Kudrow before Friends came up. I didn't know that. She would go on to reunite oh, cool. Yeah, with some of her Frasier co-stars through an appearance on the Kelsey Grammer-produced Medium and guest starring on Hot in Cleveland with Jane Leaves. Additionally, the 59-year-old Texan later played the mother of young gymnast on Make It or Break It, a school principal on Craig Robinson's short-lived Mr. Robinson, earned recurring roles on CBS Procedural, CSI Crime Scene Investigation, and Scorpion, among other TV guest appearances of a large variety. In 2020, Perry Gilpin starred in a low-budget drama about college hazing called Rushed, and 2021 will reportedly see her play opposite The Boys, Aya Cash, and Midsummer's William Jackson Harper in the comedy We Broke Up. So it'll be good to see her again. Oh, yeah. Well, in the reboot, it's going to have all the same people in it, right? Is that what they're trying to do? It will, except for this next person we're going to talk about. John Mahoney, who played Martin Crane. Baby Newworth's on-screen ex-father-in-law. John Mahoney also appeared on Cheers before he was cast in an entirely different role of Frasier and Niall's father, Martin, for which he earned two Emmy nominations. The actor, originally born in England in 1940, was previously best known for the historical baseball film Eight Men Out and the iconic 1989 rom-com Say Anything, both of which starred John Cusack. Well, that's a nice little connection. John Mahoney followed Frazier by once again playing Kelsey Grammer's father on The Simpsons as Sideshow Bob's dad, crossing paths with Jane Leaves as Betty White's boyfriend in Hot in Cleveland, and even returning to Broadway in 2007's revival of Prelude to a Kiss. Strange they mentioned uh, Sideshow Bob in this one, but not Kelsey Grammer's. His final acting credit... Right. 
Polish drama Mariette in Ecstasy was filmed in 1995, but released in 2019, a year after his passing due to brain disease and lung cancer at the age of 77. So unfortunately, we will not see Martin Crane coming back, uh, or at least John Mahoney as Martin Crane. But uh, again, one of the best parts of that show, hands down. I wish I watched more of the show, so... Hey, it's on uh, to, to, to kind of share with yeah, yeah. It's on Paramount Plus, so if you get Paramount Plus, you can certainly check it out. And then, uh, right. finally, in whatever happened in the cast of Frasier, well, you had uh, one of the other most iconic characters, Eddie, the dog, played by Moose. A retrospective on the cast of Frasier would feel incomplete without mentioning Moose. The Jack Russell Terrier played Martin Crane's dog, Eddie, and was famously mentioned in Kelsey Grammer's acceptance speech at the 1994 Emmys, despite the actor's genuine dislike of the furry diva behind the scenes. Moose was otherwise known for from the title role of the family film My Dog Skip, which he also appeared in his, uh, with his own son, Enzo, as the same character in 2000. That same year, Enzo was actually cast as Eddie on Frasier when his father passed at the age of 16. So Moose, also known as Eddie, lived to be 16 years old, but uh, was supplanted by his own son in real life. But, uh, you know, hopefully Enzo is still around for the reboot. Right. You never know. We or they'll see. find a different Jack Russell Terrier. Exactly. Well, folks, that does it for this segment of Whatever Happened to the Cast of Frasier. When we come back, we are headed into the final segment of the show. It is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We will be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks, and we made it to the final segment of this episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. But if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? So is that a yes or a no? Snarf, snarf is... Snarf, snarf! That's it. Take it as it is. I I wanted to confuse the gods today. There you go. It's undetermined. Well, while you are there, be sure to subscribe. That way you always have the latest episode. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. And tell your friends, because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Sharing is caring, which is why we do this segment each and every day to round out the show, drop a little knowledge on you, hopefully make you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Blessed and hope for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, uh, kicking things off this day in 1521, Portuguese navigator Ferdinand Magellan's fleet reaches Cebu. Oh, good old Cebu. You're vacationing there in a couple weeks, right, Tom? I am, yes. I'm headed off to Cebu. I'm going to I'm gonna just lay my ass out on the beach in Cebu. Yeah. I have Cebu, no, Cebu. I, I have no idea what Cebu is, where Cebu is, but uh, again, this is where a little extra information would be really helpful. 
Exactly. But he hit it up in 1521. Exactly. Moving on this day in 1724, Johann Sebastian Bach's St. John Passion premieres in Leipzig. It is amazing to see a work of classical music that's not titled something in D minor or, you know, actually has a name. Yeah, St. John's Passion. <laughs> it's my favorite jam. It, you know, it, it's Next what... Next 18 in life and youth gone wild. I know you put it on in the morning when you're getting ready for work, so, uh, you know, it's it's a good one. Oh, yes. Have you ever heard St. John's Passion? I probably have. I couldn't pick it out of a lineup, though. Well, no, me either. Let's keep moving on. St. Day... John's Passion, it's on YouTube, though. Oh, I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. Moving on. Black. This day in 1795, France adopts the meter as the basic measure of length, further screwing up things between the U.S. and the rest of the world in how we actually measure things. Yep. Is it meters? Is it liters? Inches? Kilometers? Yeah. <laughs> well, Depends on where you're at. Yeah, it's the metric system versus the imperial system. We use the imperial. Everybody else uses the metric. And, of course... If you're driving around anywhere, if you're going a kilometer per hour, you're bound to be confused compared to miles per hour. Let's keep rolling on. Right. This day in 1805, Lewis and Clark Expedition leaves Fort Maiden, beginning their journey to the Pacific Ocean. And do you remember who their Native American uh, interpreter and guide was, Tony? Pedro Serrano. Super now it was Sacagawea. 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 Still one of my favorite pieces of American currency is that Sacagawea dollar. Yeah, this is a cool coin. It is. It is. It kind of looks gold, but not gold. In fact, uh, um, hopefully the boys aren't listening, but uh, would give um, them those pieces of gold. Uh, the Tooth Fairy would give them those pieces of gold uh, whenever they lost a tooth. Oh, that's cool. You gave them just that. Uh, well, the Tooth Fairy. Um, gave that away. Yeah, yeah. Gave them gold. That was worth nice. a dollar yeah. each. Gave them gold. Let's keep rolling on this day in 1891. This is for Friday and Mike. Nebraska introduces the eight-hour workday. Yes, you can thank this day in 1891 for that wonderful gift. Eight-hour workday. Woohoo! Hey, I I would love an eight-hour workday. <laughs> Me too. Have, I work. I work way more than that, so eight hours would be uh, welcoming. Yep. I start every morning at 6.30, go till usually 7, 7.30 at night, and so, uh, which is why on the weekends I just, oh, I value my sleep so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you, man. I don't blame you. Let's move on. This day in 1926, we generally avoid talking about things having to do with World War II. Obviously, this is a little bit before then, but I thought this was super interesting. Benito Mussolini is shot at three times by Violet Gibson in Rome. She only hits him once in the nose. Could you imagine being shot Weird. and all you get hidden is the nose? Talk about lucky. Yeah, well, <laughs> survived three times. That's crazy. Maybe Violet Gibson was a stormtrooper. Hey, there you go. Just terrible aim. Yeah. <laughs> Moving, moving on this day in 1940, the U.S. Post Office office issues the first postage stamp of African-American educator Booker T. Washington. Now, in 1940, I would assume he had already passed by then because the post office has a um, standing rule that they only memorialize people who have passed on. This is true. 
Booker T, the five-time, five-time WCW champion. I figured you were going to go there. And he's the stamp. Yeah, I just didn't want to do it five times, <laughs> even though that was three. Rolling on this day in 1968, riots continue in over 100 U.S. cities following the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, you know, obviously, mm. we had our own riots here in the past year. And compared to this, those were pretty much nothing. I mean, I'm, I'm very glad we didn't live in that time to... Uh, have witnessed that yeah that's sad and it's just crazy i mean just the amount of people i mean awful yep there's no need there was no need to take them out either which was silly yeah a very sad day in american history Mm -hmm. what wasn't sad well maybe sad to this guy was this day in 1969 ted williams begins managing the washington senators they lose to the yankees eight to four isn't that funny? He goes up against his old team and he ends up losing. Yeah, well, you know, the Yankees... Oh, no, he never played for the Yanks. I'm sorry, he was a Red Sox. You're right, he was a Red Sox. Yeah, I just always think all the legend, legendary ballplayers were a Yankee at one point, but he was a Red. He was a famous Red Sox. But, well, to be fair, I mean, at, um, at one point there was only, what, two teams? <laughs> the Yankees and the Red Sox? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, think, there's like, the Dodgers Nevada... and... It's just funny because we were the Senators, the Carson Senators. Yeah, yeah. It'd be nice if we got a professional team. Maybe in Vegas. Yeah, Nevada Nevada would be, yeah, Vegas would be where it would be at. I've heard it was going to be the Oakland A's at one point. I take them. We already have the Raiders, so. Yeah, if the A's moved to Nevada, I uh, I I would adopt them as my AL team. There you go. I like it. Well, let's I keep get behind that. Let's keep rolling on this day, 1981. Street Songs, fifth studio album by Rick James is released. It's the Billboard Album of the Year in 1981. Rick James, bitch. I figured you were going there, too. Let's keep moving on. This day, 1986. WrestleMania two at three locations. Hulk Hogan beats King Kong Bundy. And Mr. T beats Roddy Piper in a boxing match. I forgot that they boxed in the WWF. Yeah, they did, and then Roddy Piper ruined it because he body slammed Mr. T and got disqualified. <laughs> so it's not even like they really boxed. Yeah. I think there was a few like phony baloney hits, and then Piper slammed him. <laughs> you know better than I do. I, I don't remember it all that well. But uh, finally, yeah. in this day... I wasn't a big fan of the early the early WWF stuff, the eighties things. Yeah. Well, I was maybe, more of the nineties WWF guy. Well, maybe this one was a little bit beyond your time, but this day in 2013 WrestleMania 27 at MetLife stadium in East Rutherford, New Jersey, John Cena defeats the rock to win his record 11th WWE championship. Of course, now they're both big movie stars and not wrestlers anymore. No, no longer wrestlers. They're both out of it. So both good actors too, so um, uh, definitely have to. Uh, yeah, actually, su- yeah, surprisingly, John Cena ended up uh, being a pretty good actor. Yeah. Well, folks, what's funny is I think that was oh, oh shush, you go. <laughs> I was going to say time. we've got yeah, a holidays, ton of holidays to uh, run down today, where we talk about the things that we like to well celebrate. For instance, today is Empowered Women Entrepreneurs Day, Ooh. near and dear to your heart tone. I know. It is Global Day of the Engineer. Okay. It is mm. International Beaver Day. I like beavers. They're little <laughs> animals, big teeth. International Day of Reflection on the 1994 Eat Rwanda beaver. Genocide Day. 
<laughs> Not quite as lighthearted as that. It is International Snail Papers Day, whatever that means. Okay. It is Metric System Day, for obviously reasons we just talked about. It is National Coffee Cake Day. I can get behind that. Mm. It is National yeah, bad. Beer Day. I can get behind that day, today, too. It is National Day of Hope. It is National Making the First Move Day. You got that tone? Make the first move. It is National No Housework Day. Another one I can get behind. National Pet Health Insurance Day. It is Whole Grain Sampling Day. Again, who comes up with these? It is Paraprofessional... I don't know, you can't sample anything. Paraprofessional Appreciation Day. It is World Health Day, Public Television Day, and World Health Organization Day. Whew, that was a lot to get through, but we got through it. That does it for our show for today. We will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode on Thursday, meaning it's time for Florida Man. Folks, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. We will see you all tomorrow. Ooh.